um, ferocious. I was gonna say agile, but that's somewhat ties into quick, so I will pick something different. Um, clever. Feisty, sneaky, lonely. Salutations. Welcome to Spiritual Buildings, Philosophical Ponderings, and Everything Ramblings at the Hopeful Humanist Cafe. This is a Just Some Guy production, and I'm that guy, your host, Steve, the Hopeful Humanist. Today we're going to talk about ideas and flow, the good life, and resources for our spiritual toolbox. I'm going to start with a question. What animal are you inclined to think of when I use words like adaptable, creative, persistent. Is there an animal, a critter, an outdoor being that uh, you find yourself quickly thinking of? I'm thinking of two in particular and uh, unexpectedly uh, these two critters have become unexpected role models. I'm going to get to that in a second. But first, I'm going to share with you that in terms of the, from a Buddhist perspective, the different hindrances, uh, the things that might get in a person's way who is deciding to pursue the Eightfold Path to Enlightenment. Um, in this book here that I've referenced a number of times, Awakening the Buddha Within, there is uh, this, this hindrance uh, craving which is acknowledged as one of the significant sources of suffering. Uh, the uh, hindrance of ill will, uh, sloth or spiritual laziness, restlessness and, and doubt. So for me, I find, and we're human, so we have to give ourselves permission to be human, that you know, at times we find we have a lot of things on our plate. And some of the things on our plate have Mount Everest-like aspects or qualities. It's just like, wow, this, this, kind, of, this kind of project, this, this task, this thing that needs to be addressed, this you know, check mark that has to be accomplished, is a, it's big. Right? It could be you know, a remodeling project in, in a home. It could be any number of things. But... It's so big that at times we might find ourselves paralyzed, uh, unable to, to kind of move forward. At the same time, there's a whole bunch of uh, little things on our plate that we might be able to do. But they don't seem to have uh, as, as much... Um, it, they're not as pressing. It, it doesn't seem uh, like there's an urgency. And so we arrive at a place where we're kind of, we're stuck or we're not even spinning our wheels at this point. We're just, we're just not moving and we're not tackling that Mount Everest project and we're not doing the small stuff. And if we can kind of step back and get some perspective, and that's going to be an idea I'm going to come back to, uh, we might, we might recognize, you know, uh, the thing that's getting in, in the way here is uh, this kind of lack of inertia. 
know, a body in motion tends to stay in motion, a body at rest tends to stay at rest. And, and I think that because of the bigger projects, uh, sometimes that because they're so big and they require so much energy, so much focus, and we're pulled in so many directions, you know, at, at different times I've talked about those greedy institutions that want all of us, you know, our work, if you're a student, our homes, um, family, uh, that because we're pulled in so many directions, sometimes we, we just lose the ability to move forward. We're overwhelmed. And so how do you get out of this place? And I think a good place to start is to, start is to kind of look at our plate and give ourselves permission to kind of step back and not worry about those larger projects and tackle some of the smaller projects. And if we tackle some of the smaller projects, we're going to feel good about ourselves. We're going to get a check mark and we're going to build some inertia and get momentum. And as we get those things off of our plate, we feel more relieved. We'll have more time, more energy to concentrate and focus on those bigger projects. So that's what I did this weekend. I decided that I'm going to focus on some of those smaller projects that don't seem to really require a lot, but I just don't get around to doing. And in the process of doing this, I became aware and reflective of the, this idea of perspective. I wasn't really excited about these projects. Not at all. Not in the least was I excited about these projects. But as I tackled them and I uh, got some check marks, I started to kind of think about my situation a little more differently. I, I looked at things from a, a different perspective. And I guess, you know, kind of got arrived at a place of uh, a newfound appreciation for the thing that was causing me some frustration. So I've called it, uh, it starts with my shed in the backyard. So uh, in South Ontario, Southwestern Ontario, uh, during the winters, uh, it can be cold. And we have, uh, so yeah, so getting back to my, my question, when you think about the words adaptable, creative, persistent, what neighborhood animal critter are you inclined to think of is it does it start with an s and and if it doesn't that's the direction i'm going yes it is uh, in fact uh, the squirrel you know when you think about squirrels you think about these uh, critters that uh, are associated with nuts collecting nuts foraging nuts as the winter comes getting ready for hibern you know to hibernate and you think about these little critters that are darting across the road, often uh, causing us to be very vigilant in the moment and sometimes maybe slamming on our brakes because we don't want to hurt these little critters. Um, and, and when I think about uh, squirrels, I'm always reminded of my shed because every winter... For the past number of winters there has been a infestation uh, i guess i'll use that word 
that's a it's a tough word to throw at the squirrel, but that's how it feels. Uh, they they get into my shed, and they chew things, and they you know do a lot of damage. And in the spring, I've got a mess to clean up. Droppings and uh, destroyed, you know, um, different items, whether or not it's like a, a beach umbrella or blankets that we might use to protect uh, the plants uh, during, uh, you know, frost seasons as we're moving from spring um, into uh, waiting for the arrival of summer. And it's, uh, it's just this... Uh, reoccurrence that's quite frustrating. So I decided this weekend I'm going to squirrelify the shed. I guess, you know, another way of saying it is to squirrel proof the shed. And so I got to the business of finding some uh, wire fencing, wire mesh. I, uh, I clipped it to the right dimensions and uh, with a staple gun, I closed all the different openings, all the different kind of um, tunnel ways into the shed. And I, I did this last year. Like, this is something I had already done. And I managed to keep them out last winter. But uh, as we got into the spring and, and summer, somehow, adaptive, creative, persistent, I discovered that they're in my shed again. And so I thought, okay, it's not going to take a long time, but uh, it's going to require some, some, some work. I'll get out there and I'll find all the uh, different uh, entrance ways and I'm going, to, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to barricade those openings and uh, I'm going to claim my shed, reclaim my shed. And as I was doing this and feeling frustrated, you know, I, I thought to myself, the squirrel ain't doing anything that I'm not doing. I want to survive, you know, I'd like to thrive too. And uh, squirrels, uh, they want to survive and I don't know, maybe thriving is uh, something that they might have uh, within them as well. I, I you know, I, I can't say. But I do know that my shed seems to have been a nice kind of uh, paradise vacation for them in the winter. And I, I guess I can't blame them um, for persistently trying to get back into the, the safe abode and protect themselves from the uh, winter elements. And I'm like, you know what? I, I, I can appreciate. I can appreciate those qualities. And they're qualities I would like to have and, and I think that we should all embrace. So I got my check mark. And then the, uh, the next uh, activity that I had to do was you know so I you know I squirrel proofed the shed and I'm I, I'm going to call it squirrelifying the shed and uh, so you know we have this wonderful energetic youthful cat uh, named Nella that uh, we just adore and she has trained us that uh, and and she's communicating to us that if she doesn't get outside. She's not going to be a happy cat. She wants to be outside. And uh, every time the door opens, boom, she darts. We, we do our best. 
um, to try to make sure that she stays inside. And so uh, we went to work and uh, together barricaded uh, the backyard. She's, she's never been um, one to uh, climb heights and jump over fences. She's always been um, satisfied with a contained space. But uh, there's another critter that comes to mind when you think about adaptable persistent and creative and that would be yes our masked neighborhood critter friend uh, the raccoon they tore down everything with a complete passion i had uh, some wire netting up um, i barricaded th uh, some things with wood um, and the raccoons came in and just tore everything down and apart. Which meant on one night uh, that we didn't expect it that uh, Nella got out of the backyard. And uh, being a busy neighborhood um, with lots of cars and uh, some other uh, nighttime critters that she might not have come across. Uh, we We wanted to go find her and we went on a search and... Um, so I'm not sure if you know this, but if you're looking for your cat, if they get out of your backyard, chances are they, they only go about five blocks, no more than five blocks from the home. Uh, and, and, you know, this is what we discovered when we put out an alert <laughs> for, for our cat and um, discovered that, you know, she's probably going to stay within a five block radius. And when you're looking uh, for a cat at night, just where... Um, a headlamp or get a flashlight and when you're flashing and looking underneath cars um, you'll see uh, you'll catch their eyes in in uh, though um, in, a, in, a, in a return glare there will be this very noticeable um, glittering uh, of their eyes and and we did we we found uh, we found her and we brought her home and uh, we were all quite relieved But she wasn't happy because after that, it meant that she couldn't go back outside. And we live in a wonderful neighborhood, so we have uh, great neighbors, and I wish everyone has uh, that kind of experience. Um, where we, uh, we talked to our neighbor, and they said, yeah, sure, like she can come and go in our backyard and have a visit so she can go outside. But uh, we decided we need to tighten things up and uh, catify or cat-proof our backyard. And so we got to the business of doing that again. And uh, that's, that. you know, we got that check mark and Nala can go back in the, out back in the backyard and she's happy. I, you know, I don't know uh, per se uh, how you can for sure identify that a cat's happy. But in terms of the way that she just gets out there and just combs the whole yard and and stays out and will you know eventually after a while make her way inside to get something to eat it seems like she's happy so i had this experience and i got my two check marks and though you know i found that i have two things off my plate so in terms of this possible you know framing of you know uh 
kind of a spiritual laziness, perhaps, just like not feeling motivated. And then pressing myself to, to do something to get some of the things off my plate. I end up feeling pretty good about getting uh, these two uh, tasks accomplished. And in the process, I, I found myself looking at the situation from a different perspective. So in terms of, uh, you know, perspective, it's, it's this idea that, you know, you're, you're going above and kind of looking down and seeing things from a different angle. Uh, another way of talking about, especially in conflict resolution, if you uh, find yourself in a, a situation um, where you're, you know, uh, collective barg- bargaining or, you know, you're in a negotiation, one of the things you can do is take a trip to the balcony, kind of step back, step, you know, step up and get perspective as you kind of look down and, and see the whole, you know, uh, field before you in terms of all the, the different factors are playing into a situation. And I was thinking to myself, you know what, as much as, you know, uh, the, 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 the raccoon and then the squirrels have been a nuisance, these are qualities that should be admired and respected. Being adaptable and being creative and persistent. And I mean, encroachment is a reality as, uh, you know, we as humans continually seem to stretch the area that belongs to us. You know, the area that belongs to us gets bigger and expands over time. And the space that belongs to all the other critters seems to get smaller. And for the the sake of survival, they need to be adaptable, creative, and persistent. And we see that, you know, with crows. We see that with squirrels and we see that with raccoons. And it's... It, these are qualities that we need as we step into the 21st century and we struggle with things like climate change and uh, political division and uh, the encroachment in our lives of technology in ways that we can't even comprehend or understand right now. We're always talking about this thing called, you know, the algorithm that seems to... Uh, be shaping the world that we're living in and not only shaping the world we live in but shaping us and are uh, capturing our attention and if we're going to navigate this ever-changing world we are going to need these kind of qualities these are qualities and and skills and competencies that we're going to have to pass on to our children so that they can prosper in the future to come So yeah, I I think it's worth tipping my metaphorical hat to the the squirrel and the raccoon. Um, They have my respect. It won't change that at times they're definitely going to be viewed as a nuisance because, um, you know, the reality is I don't want them going in my shed. And I don't want the raccoon uh, tearing up uh, the barriers I've put in place to cat-proof my backyard because we want to keep our cat safe. But the perspective piece is they ain't doing anything that I'm not doing. We're all just trying to figure out a way to have a place and a space 
that we can call home and situate ourselves and abode. So to that end, I, I tip my hat to uh, those two critters. And uh, I'm going to attach some links at the end of this discussion on my show notes. So you can learn a little bit, mo- a little bit more about and perhaps uh, appreciate and res- respect a little bit more the uh, squirrel and the raccoon. So thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace, take care, be well and share. What are three words or three qualities that you would use to describe the squirrel? Off the just off the top of your okay, head. The way I see the world? The, the way, way I would the squirrel. Squirrel. The squirrel. Three words you'd use to describe a squirrel. A squirrel. Not oh, the world. The world. I was wondering where. <laughs> the way I want a world. Okay, a squirrel. Okay. Uh, feisty. Lonely. Is that the word you would use for someone that's like um like a loner? Um. And... What's that word? Sneaky. Okay, so just say the three of them quickly all together. Just feisty, sneaky, lonely.